Hey, good morning, Genesis Church. Uh, so good to be with all of you today. My name is Paul Mumaw. I'm the lead pastor for Genesis. If you know, we've got two campuses. I spent a lot of Sundays at our Noblesville campus. Uh, and as I was thinking about it this morning, driving over here, it's like, man, it's been a long time since I've been at our Carmel campus. This has been since June. And part of that was I, I received the gift of some time off in July, a kind of a mini sabbatical to catch my breath and spend some extra time with my, my family. And we did some fun things. We traveled together. My wife and I celebrated an anniversary. We also got to go out and visit some other churches in the community, which is always fun because as pastors, we don't get to do that a lot. And uh, I was encouraged, uh, just as I'm reminded, I hope you know there are great churches in Hamilton County, and so it's fun to be a part of the Lord's work together. I also have good friends uh, that are pastoring at some of those churches, so to go and to be able to hear them preach, including, if you remember, Ben Krause, who served on staff with us. He now is helping to lead a church up in Tipton, and so we got to go hear him preach one Sunday. And so that was good and all. It was great to be away, but this is a good feeling, all right? You know you're in a good place. It was good to come back. And uh, I am so thankful for Genesis Church and this family. We've been serving here for 15 years now. This is our home. This is our family. And so we're so excited to be a part of it and uh, to be a part of this church family with all of you. And just to kind of catch up on a little bit of some of the things that are happening. There's a lot of good things happening around Genesis. Uh, you know, our, our student ministry is growing. We had some great trips this summer with our students. We baptized students at the end of the summer. That was great. It's been fun to meet new people. Man, we had over 500 people at our Noblesville campus last weekend. And as Jerry's been filling me in, and I know he's talking with all of you, we are growing and we're growing fast here at our Carmel campus as well. And I want to say thank you for being a part of that. All right. For those of you that call Genesis your church, and even those of you that are visiting, uh, thanks for being a part of this church family with us because we couldn't do the things that we do without you. And we know that many of you, you're out living missionally, you're, you're telling people about the Lord, you're telling people about your church, and people are coming and they feel welcome here, and you're a big part of that. And it's good news. This is good work. There's, there's a lot of work to do, and we want to keep busy until Jesus comes back. And so as Jerry's been talking with you about, there are different ways you can help us as we're growing. Uh, part of that is, you know, when you're coming to a service like the second service, which tends to be one of our larger services. If you're able, you know, giving up maybe some of the more convenient parking spaces and leaving those open for new people uh, that are coming. If you are able to find time to attend our nine o'clock service, there tends to be more seats there. That helps. We've got great things happening in Gen Kids right now. And for those of you that serve, thank you. Uh, for those of you that are looking for a place to serve, Gen Kids is a great place to serve. We're not just asking you to fill slots uh, to babysit kids. This is an opportunity for you to invest in the lives of our young people. They are the future, all right, of the church, all right? They are spending time. They're, they're living missionally here in our own community. And so if you're not currently on a team, Gen Kids is a great team to be a part of because Gen Kids is growing. We need more help there. And so thank you. I, I just want to say thank you for your awareness. Thanks for your willingness to, to step up with us. Thanks for being active here in our church. We, uh, we're helping people find their way back to God. That's our mission. And when you've got a mission like that, well, it requires going to great lengths and that's what we're willing to do. And these are some small and yet big steps that we can take together. So thanks for praying with us. Again, thanks for, for being a part of the exciting work. And as I said, we, uh, we got some vacation time away. I hope you got some vacation time this summer. My family and I, we went to Colorado in July and uh, spent a lot of time hiking at Rocky Mountain National Park. And here's one of the pictures that we got our family uh, after 
were, uh, well, it was the first part of a long hike because we had to come back down, you know, from, uh, from where we were. But we hiked most days while we were there, anywhere from five to 10 miles a day. And I'd like to think that I'm in pretty good shape. I mean, I run four or five days a week. I get my steps in almost every day. I ride my bike, but there's a big difference. Many of you know, between hiking in good old Indiana and hiking in a place like Rocky Mountain National Park, there's the elevation and the way the elevation impacts things like your breathing. There's the terrain and the mental energy that comes from climbing over trees and boulders. There's the weather. I mean, even in a place like the Rockies, it can be warm and sunny one moment. It can be raining and hailing the very next moment. Experienced hikers talk about what it means to get your trail legs under you. Maybe you've heard this before, to to get your trail legs, your trail legs. It means when your your leg muscles have become so strong and adapted that that they can tackle steep climbs, uh, but also manage challenging descents with little to no problem. Trail legs grow out of training and experience. Trail legs mean you've got what it takes to hike day after day. Uh, uh, you, you recover quickly. You're, you've prepared yourself to face whatever might come up before you on any given day. This morning, I want to talk with you about a different kind of trail legs and not the kind of trail legs that you need to conquer Everest or to tackle something like the Appalachian Trail or anything like that, but instead the legs and really the faith and the trust that you need just to do life. Because it doesn't matter who you are or how long you've been around church or faith or whatever it may be, we all know this. We all know that life is hard and it can be very challenging. And there are so many ups and downs to this life. There are plenty of surprises and tragedies. We all go through, some of you today go through things like pain and loss. There are overwhelming questions that seem to have no answers. Certainly, we've all faced things like disappointment and despair. And I can't help but think of a couple of families in our church right now that are walking through some very painful, dark, desperate circumstances in their life. Some of you here today, some of you watching online right now, you know, whether you're in the middle of it or if it's something in your past that maybe you've gone through, all you know is this. You know the hurt, you know the loss, you know the desperation. Maybe you'd say today, you know what, I'm, I'm barely hanging on. I got a little bit left in the tank, maybe even struggling in your faith, and you're not sure what you've got left to give because you know, or at least you've got to believe that you've got little to nothing left to give. My prayer for you today, my prayer for us is this, that God might use this experience, this worship service this morning, maybe the music that we've been singing, the time of prayer that we're going to have together in just a few minutes, the, the communion that we're going to celebrate together, even the words that God has given me to share with you today, that in some special way, that God might use this time for you this morning, and that in spite of what the evil one thinks, that, that God is not finished, that he is not absent from your life, that he is here and he's available and he knows exactly what you need today. He knows exactly what you're going through and exactly what you and I lead and need and he is available and well, he has even the legs that you and I need for this journey that we're on, that he can give us the faith that we need to put our trust in him, to keep depending on him, that he will lead us through. All right, can we pray this morning as we continue? Father in heaven, 
I thank you for Genesis Church. I certainly thank you for this uh, Carmel family and just for what's happening here, the, 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 the oneness that's here, the, um, just the desperation that we have for, for more of you in our lives, the desire we have to help even more people find their way back to God. But specifically today, Lord, as we just think about life, as we think about circumstances, as we think about keep on going, Lord, we're, we're just reminded today, I'm grateful that you know all things and you know every person and you know every story here today. And so would you use this time and this place in a very powerful way? Lord, we know that you are not limited to this room, but that you do special things here. And you've got every person here today, you've got every person listening right now for a reason. And I pray that we might know you in even greater ways, that you might encourage us today to put even more faith and trust in you, that you are everything that we need. Help us now, Lord. Help us today. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, if you've got a Bible with you today, I want to invite you to take it and turn to the Old Testament, about halfway through to the book of 2 Samuel. Uh, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel are history books covering much of the life of David. But 2 Samuel chapter 22 today, at the very end of 2 Samuel, next week uh, we're going to get back to our weekly study through the book of Acts. That's going to take us all the way through October. Uh, as Jerry mentioned last week, we have reading plans available now, and so if you want to read along with this each week. Uh, these reading plans are on a table by the door, and uh, you can pick up with our reading uh, this week, and we'll be talking about the book of Acts next week. But today we're wrapping up this sticky story series with something that's a little different, not so much a sticky story, but really a couple of verses that I hope become sticky or familiar to you. In fact, I'm going to challenge you to memorize these words, uh, maybe incorporate them into your own prayers. And even if you don't really feel like you need them right now, there's a really good good chance you've got somebody in your life that does. And so you can even be praying these words for them. But they come out of 2 Samuel 22. These are words that come to us from King David. It's no surprise that David is the central character in a whole bunch of sticky stories in the Bible. He's the shepherd boy from Bethlehem that Saul anointed as king. We all know that uh, how David struck down Goliath with the sling and with the stone, but nothing at all came easy for him. King, king Saul hated him and tried over and over again to kill him. And so for those reasons, David spent a lot of his life always on the run, fighting for his life. Even after he became king, he was always leading and managing war and conflict. There were family members that plotted against him, wanting to kill him. And he wasn't an innocent guy either because, well, many of you know about his affair with Bathsheba for one thing. But even with all of his imperfections, David loved the Lord. He kept pursuing God and interestingly, and maybe for some encouragement, we can learn a lot from him, an imperfect man, all right, who endured a lot of pain, he endured a lot of hurt, and even disappointment with God, and specifically then from these sticky words written towards the end of David's life, as he's looking back, keep this in mind, he's looking back and he's recalling all of the times that God led him and provided for him and protected him from his enemies. Here's two verses from David's longer prayer of 2 Samuel 22, which I'd encourage you to read the whole prayer, the whole psalm, but specifically these two verses, 2 Samuel 22, verses 33 and 34. Keep in mind, again, David is looking back as an older man now, and here's what he prays. Here's what he says. He says, it is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. 
He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the height. Second Samuel 22, and specifically these words here, serve as a powerful testimony of God's faithfulness in David's life. Again, once again, he, he's looking back on all of the chaos, all of the fear, all of the uncertainty, and all of the exhaustion, and he remembers. He says, it is God. It is God who gives me strength. It is God who protected me in my most difficult, darkest days. It is God who gave me the ability to negotiate the difficult terrain that is life. He says, it is God who gave me feet like a deer. Why a deer? Now, when I think of deer, probably like many of you, I think about these four-footed creatures, right, that run around central Indiana. I was driving home from Fort Wayne the other night. It was dark out. I was hoping that the deer would stay in the fields and the woods, right, and not run out in front of me. How, how many of you are excited about November already? You got your tree stand in mind, right? You're looking forward uh, to that time uh, outdoors. I mean, it's what you look forward to every year. Our Bibles call them deer, but interestingly, they're not deer, but actually goats, specifically the Nubian ibex as pictured here and on our stickers today. And you'll note their massive antlers and an incredible beard, right? I mean, even better than Dan Tal's beard, uh, uh, that's a good-looking beard on, on that animal. But these ibex can be found in Europe. They can be found in Africa and especially in the Middle East and Israel. And they are some of the most fascinating creatures in the world, as can be seen here on this video clip, featured regularly on shows like the Discover or on networks like the Discovery Channel or BBC Life, they're known for their very unique ability to thrive in harsh desert climates. They've got this unique ability, as you will see, to traverse very steep cliffs and ravines, springing from one ledge to another. They can stop and pause on the steepest of ledges. Thanks to their feet. See, God has created them with these very unique hooves. Their, their, their sharp edges of their feet, their concave feet act like suction cups that provide for them the ability to steep or to, to grip the sides of steep, rocky cliffs and not just survive, but they actually thrive in the desert, in the wilderness. And so when David sights feet like a deer, he's thinking about the ibex. And why? Well, because again, you can find them in Israel, especially at a place as can be seen here on the map. It's a place called En Gedi. And En Gedi there at the right of the red arrow on the bottom third of the map sits on the western side of what's more commonly known today as the Dead Sea. Uh, and the Dead Sea falls into a valley that is one of the most difficult, harshest environments really in all of the world. You think it was hot here this past week. It's really hot at the Dead Sea and most of the time. And, and Getty's a special place for a number of reasons. We, we know that David often went there. He retreated and hid at this place called En Gedi. And well, from this picture, you can see why. It's an oasis. And this is just a fraction, just a small portion of 
the ravine, if you would. It's a national park today. Again, this place called En Gedi. I've been to En Gedi. Any of you been to En Gedi? I bet Charles has. Anybody else in the room? All right, Dick and Bev have been to En Gedi. It's this very special place. And if you go to En Gedi, chances are you're going to see some ibex. And this picture wasn't taken at En Gedi, but in another part of the world. But again, you see how fascinating these animals really are and the ability they have to traverse the most difficult and complicated environments. And so why did David reference the ibex in his prayer? Here's what I think. I can imagine David sitting back at a really cool spring, maybe in Getty, reflecting on God's faithfulness and provision in his life. And as he watched these ibex bouncing from cliff to cliff, maybe David thought to himself, that's exactly what God has done for me. That's exactly how God has led me, that I've certainly gone through some really, really hard times. And sometimes God answered my prayers and he answered my prayers in very specific and quick ways. But Well, then there have also been other times in my life where the journey or the season was really, really long and difficult. And while difficult, as I look back now, I realize that God brought me through it. He led me through those days, those difficult moments. He gave me feet, like the feet of the ibex, and he sustained me through some of the most terrifying moments of my life. And isn't that true of us, for us, I mean, when we take the time to consider, when we take the time to look back, like, isn't that just true of life? Because we all go through seasons, right? We all go through seasons of life, journeys. And don't get me wrong, sometimes those are really, really good. I I hope and pray that you have seasons and moments of your life that you look back to and maybe look back to often and you, you identify the blessings of God and you give thanks and you worship him for who he is and for the good things he does and provides in our life. Maybe it was a, a pregnancy for you or, or a baby. It could be a, a wedding that took place this past summer, a, a graduation that you've been praying for, you've been waiting for. It could be a new job or a promotion, which was just what you wanted or more than what you were expecting. Maybe you celebrate the sobriety and recovery of somebody in your life who has made a long, you know, gone on a long path and they've arrived at a new place in their life thanks to the Lord, or you get word that the cancer is finally in remission. There are so many good things, so many good seasons, but then we all know that there are also seasons and journeys of life when the, when the trails turn to trials and tragedy strikes and the truth is too difficult to bear and you have no idea how long this road ahead of you is going to go and you have no idea how you're going to get through it. And what do you do? We pray. I mean, as followers of Jesus, we have to pray. As followers of Jesus, if we're going to connect with our Father in heaven, if we're going to grow in our relationship with the Lord, like there, there's nothing more important than, than praying. Prayer is just simply a conversation with God. And so one of the ways that God uses these trials in our lives is he uses them to draw us close to him. And so we learn to pray and we pray deeper. So we go to God, we, we pray to him. Now, what are we supposed to pray? Well, to be very clear, it's okay to pray for what you want. 
It's okay to pray for the things that, that you believe you need in your life, to, to pray as the Bible talks about, to pray for what our heart desire is. It's okay to ask God. Again, part of that intimacy with God, part of the intimacy with our Father in heaven is to, to tell him what you want and what you think that you need. I mean, even Jesus taught us about the power of prayer. I mean, Jesus is the greatest example for how to do life in this world. And he taught us about prayer and what it means to go before the Lord of the things that we want. He, and, he encouraged Jesus did honest, persistent prayer. And over and over again, he modeled it for us and he described for us a God who loves to hear our prayers and he loves to answer our prayers and he knows, knows our hearts and he searches our hearts and he knows exactly what we need. But I think we all know this. You know this, that while we should pray for things like healing and deliverance and provision and protection, do enough of life and we all know that you don't always get what you want. We don't always get the things that we pray for and hope for, and that can be hard. But read through the Psalms. I mean, even something like 2 Samuel 22 here, and many of the Psalms are written by David. The Psalms are an emotional roller coaster of people pouring out their hearts to God. And well, like us sometimes, David didn't always get what he wanted either. And so how can knowing all of this, how can knowing these words here in 2 Samuel 22 help us? How can they influence even the way that we pray? Well, to start, I want to be very clear on something that I'm sharing with you today, a teaching that I heard when I was in Israel back in 2017. And uh, my teacher, a guy, by, a guy by the name of Brad Gray, we've had him here at Genesis before. Uh, he's an incredible teacher. He shared this teaching with our group when we were at En Gedi, all right, watching the Ibex there. And so I got to give him credit, all right, for what I'm sharing with you today, even though I've worked really, really hard to make it very personal to me and for us today. And I'm choosing to share it with you today because while it was meaningful and significant six years ago, the Lord brought it back to my heart recently and he's making me more aware that I need it and maybe now more than ever. And because I love what Brad challenged me and others with in regards to personal prayer and life and these words of David while well, I'm sharing with you today as well, because it is okay to pray for what we want. I want to encourage you to pray. We're going to keep talking about prayer and, and being honest with God and telling him what we need. But as Brad suggests, I think there are times too, when maybe our prayers are incomplete, that like David, there are incredible benefits to praying for, let's call it also the trail legs that we need for this thing called life, or as David says, feet. Let's call it feet for the journey. To be able to pray, God, I don't know where all of this is going. All I know right now is that I'm anxious, I'm terrified, I'm afraid, and I don't know how to do this alone. But would you give me feet for this journey, for this season that you have me in? God, would you give me the faith to trust where you're going, where this is going. And like the Ibex, that you would give me the feet to traverse and navigate and stand through this difficult season, this difficult journey that I'm in right now. That's what David is doing. That's what David is reflecting back on. That's what he prayed. He prayed, God, give me feet for the journey. Give me feet for the season. Give me feet for this life, for these circumstances that I'm going through right now because if there is an important relationship in your life or your marriage and it's in a difficult place right now, we could use feet for the journey. 
uh, or if you're uh, trying to right some bad decisions from your past, but it's the evil one who tries to keep bringing the past to you, we need feet for the journey. Maybe it's fear and anxiety and worry. Don't we all need feet for those things? Maybe it's the loss of somebody that you loved and you can't seem to get on with life. Maybe it's a health diagnosis and the prognosis isn't good. Maybe there's a prayer that you've been praying and praying it over and over and over again. And it's not time to give up on that, but maybe to ask Lord God, would you give me the feet even to keep praying? Would you give me feet for this journey to keep praying for what you want? But God, give me feet for what I can't see coming. And you can. And you have exactly what I need. Again, one of the reasons that I'm sharing with you today, going back to this teaching from Israel, has a little bit to do with my life. Because I'm sure you've got a story, and I certainly have one too. And as many of you know, a little over a year ago, my dad was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and he's had a really good year, but he also knows that it's a nasty form of cancer. And so these, uh, this next year and years are going to be very interesting ones with lots of challenges. And so I'm, I'm praying for my dad, for my mom, for, you know, feet for this journey, for, for myself, for the rest of us in our family, feet for the journey. And, and uh, you know, I, I've started praying this. And again, not just because of my dad, but because of all the other things that just make life hard. God, give me feet for the journey. And so what I want to suggest to you today is that maybe these words become a part of your prayers, of your life right now, or if not your life, maybe for somebody that you love. And I'm going to give you time to do that in just a moment. We're going to just set aside some time here this morning to be quiet in this place and give you an opportunity to interact, to pray to the Lord. Um, but before I do, I just also want to point out that our faith and our hope isn't in David. Um, our faith and our hope certainly isn't in an Ibex either, that ultimately our hope is in Jesus Christ. And interestingly, he prayed a similar prayer as David's. As you think about, if you would, those final moments before the cross, Jesus was at the Garden of Gethsemane. He had that time alone by himself. Some of those words have been recorded for us as he pours out his heart before the Father, basically asking, is there any other way? Would you take this cup from me? But even in the midst of that same prayer, also prays, but Father, not my will. Your will be done. Jesus prayed an honest, personal prayer, but he also prayed in that same light, but not my will, yours, Lord. Your will be done. Sounds an awful lot like the prayer of David. God, give me feet for the journey. Again, 2 Samuel chapter 22 Verses 33 and 34, David prays, he's reminded it is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and he causes me to stand on the heights. Will you bow your heads with me today? We've set aside some time here this morning to pray because you know what? We don't slow down enough and life is chaotic. And sometimes if we don't do it here, it's not going to happen. And so we're going to spend the next few minutes just quietly in this place. And I think there are at least a couple of things that you could do at this time. For some of you today, maybe today in this moment is a time of thanksgiving and of worship because you're reminded this morning 
kind of like what David is doing here as he looks back of God's faithfulness and provision and deliverance in your life. And so maybe this is an opportunity to just simply say thank you to him. But maybe you're in the thick of it today. And maybe you need to be alone with God and cry out to him and pray to him. Father, give me feet for this journey. Help me with what I'm going through right now, my family. Give me the faith to keep trusting in you. Father in heaven, we thank you for a, a church family like Genesis. There's a great benefit in doing life with others, Lord, and we pray that you continue to grow us closer and closer together, that um, anyone here that's willing, Lord, that hasn't made some of those connections yet, that you know, maybe these next few months would be an opportunity to find friends and a community so that none of us has to do life alone. Most importantly, Lord, we thank you for Jesus our Savior and our hope, the model that he is, but the life that he has offered and given to us. And uh, certainly your Holy Spirit that resides in the hearts of everyone who has put their faith and trust in Christ. And the wonderful promise of that is that we don't have to go through life alone and that you hear and listen to our prayers. And even as we pray today, Lord, Father, give us feet for this journey. Would you answer that prayer today? Would you give us the feet, the faith, the trust to keep, well, keep putting our faith in you? Increase our faith today, Lord. Help those that feel like they don't have much left to give and keep answering prayers. Keep drawing us to you, Lord. We trust you. You are everything that we need. And it's in Jesus' powerful and precious name that we pray. Amen.